Welcome to the Heritage Free Will Baptist Church podcast. We are so glad you tuned in. If you haven't already, please subscribe, and that way you'll be alerted anytime we add new content. Also, if you haven't already, please share with your friends. Now, let's get to today's topic. Hey folks, just want to spend a, a few minutes in the Word with you. I want to share uh, two passages of Scripture. Uh, and I'm going to ask a question before I read this, and then I'll, if I remember, I'll ask the question again at the end. Is, what lies is the devil trying to sell you that you are believing? Because the topic today is is lies. And specifically, lies that we believe um, that we shouldn't. Now, uh, again, we could get into the whole moral thing about why we shouldn't lie, things like that. And we already know that that's a given. But I, I want to really talk about the things that we struggle with in our mind that are really centered around lies that the devil is trying to get us to believe. So John chapter 8, starting at verse 43 and reading through verse 45 Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees who have tried to tempt him, and, and they just aren't getting it, right? They, they don't understand him, and this is why he says they don't. In verse 43, he says, why do you not understand what I say? They didn't get his parables, right? They didn't understand what Jesus was trying to say. Um, it is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. And so it, we know that the Pharisees, the Pharisees were worried about protecting their own uh, turf, if you will. They had actually had a pretty good racket going on in Jerusalem. Uh, they were, they, they were, uh, you know using the temple for their own monetary gain. Um, they had a lot of influence even in the government. Uh, even though they were under Roman rule, they still had influence, uh, at least, you know, the, the, the Pharisees did. And, you know, they Jesus was just upsetting uh, what they had established. Yes, they wanted a Messiah. They wanted someone to deliver them, but they wanted them to deliver them from um so that they could, you know, have their own rule again. And so they were very selfish. And that selfish desire, we go back and we, we ask ourselves, you know, uh, where does that come from? And it goes all the way back to Satan uh, wanting to be equal with God. Think about what he tempted Eve with, right? He, God doesn't want you to eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil because you'll be like him. You'll be like God. And so part of our selfish nature uh, is to want ourselves, right? We want the world to revolve around us and, and, and be like God. And Satan, you know, he, as he says here, you know, in this passage, he is the father of all lies. And, and think about how the devil tries to deceive us. Think about what he, you know, how, how does he try to deceive us in a way? He starts using us as the center, Right tries to tell us about how things are affecting us. Well, if God, you know, if God really loves you, then why would he let these things happen? If God really cares about you. And so it becomes about us instead of being about God. And so, uh, you know, the question of what lies is Satan is Satan feeding you that you are believing. 
In Revelations chapter 12, verse 9, it says, And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Satan is a deceiver, and he is the father of lies. And he will continually try to trip us up with his lies. Now, what is a lie? A lie is anything that is not 100% truth. Even partial truth are just lies laced with a hint of truth to make it more believable. We see even in the temptation of Christ, uh, that Satan tried to use scripture, but he tried to use it out of context. And so that's what the Satan does. Satan doesn't come up and just try to convince you, you know, that the sun is, you know, uh, is purple, right? Because you can clearly see that it's not. Um, but he does things in a very uh, sinister and sneaky way. He's not going to just give you some blatant, um, so some blatant kind of lie that is just you know it's unbelievable. Uh, but what he does is he tries to take a little bit of truth and then twist it so that it is still believable, but yet it is still a lie. Now, Jesus said that he was the way, the truth, and the life. That's found in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says that he is true. So what, what is truth? Truth is whatever God says it is, right? God has established truth, and it is his. Uh, it is for him to de define and for him to determine. And so we have the Bible, which is God's truth in written form, and we have that. Right? And so one of the things that we, we, we need to do is we need to be ingrained in God's word so that we know a lie when we see one. Not only that, but we take anything that is being told to us and we go to the word and we measure it against the word, which is the perfect, right? Which is God's perfection, uh, his holy word. And we compare it to that. And does it, does it weigh out against the word of God? And so, um, what do I mean? So let's let's look at just a few of these things that the that the world, uh, you know, we, we hear these kind of things come at us, right? But we also in the, especially in times of trouble and times of difficulty, uh, we have these thoughts that creep in, and we we have these whispers from the adversary, from the deceiver, uh, that really wants us to start questioning ourselves, right, and questioning. Not only ourselves, but our, our belief in God, and, and is it you know should we maintain these beliefs? Right? Is it believable? Should we maintain it? Um, and so, one of those is you know um, sometimes we'll just get this feeling that we aren't loved. I mean, let's be honest. Have you ever had that? You ever thought that nobody loves me? We'd all be lying if we said we never went through a time in our life where we questioned whether anybody cares or anybody loves us, right? There's an old hymn called Does Jesus Care? Uh, just absolutely beautiful hymn. You need to look it up. Uh, but I know that he does. Why? Well, I go to his word, and I look at his word, and, and I can see very plainly that God absolutely loves me. Right? He has proven it on the cross. But John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Right, So he showed his love. It's not that just God said that he loved me. 
but he's shown me he loves me. Romans 5, 8, for God commendeth his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right, So I know that, that God did not die for Huff the Christian, but, but God, Jesus, allowed himself to be nailed to the cross for Huff the sinner. 2 Peter 3.9 says that God is not slack according to his promise, but that he is long-suffering, not willing for any to perish. God absolutely loves us. But yet, why do we in our head we get to thinking, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if God loves me. He absolutely does love you. But the devil will take your circumstance and he'll say, Well, seeing how things aren't going very well for you, maybe God doesn't really love you. Maybe he loves other people, but he doesn't love you because everybody else seems to be doing great. And we forget that everybody has their trials and their troubles. But he'll take that circumstance that you're going through, and then he'll try to convince you that you are not loved when the Word absolutely shows us that we are loved and also shows us that God actually openly displayed his love. Then, of course, we hear the one, you know, if, if God is loved, then how can God send a good person to hell? Right? We know that one. But that yet when I look at the Word, Romans 3.10 says that there is, there is not one who is righteous. There is not one who is good. We see in Isaiah that all of our righteousness is just filthy rags. So when I take that, you know, if God is love, how can he send a good person to hell? When I take that that statement and I weigh it against the word, I realize that statement has no merit because there is no one who is good. We all deserve hell, right? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, right? We have earned death. God did, just didn't decide to send someone to an eternal death. We earned it. It, it. We paid for it with our actions by sinning against a holy God. Another one is you aren't worthy. Oh, we know that one, right? You aren't worthy. Or, or I, I don't feel worthy. And Satan tries to deceive me. Well, Huff, you know, it'd be great, but you know, you, know, you know you're not worthy. That How could God be blessing you? And how could God bless you when you know you know what you've done? You know, and yes, that is absolutely true. I have done terrible things, but the lie here is not about me being worthy because I'm not. The lie that is being told here is that being worthy isn't a requirement for God to love me or even more importantly, for God to use me as his vessel. I don't have to be worthy. It's not a requirement. Matter of fact, the scripture says I absolutely am not worthy. But yet, he decides to use me anyway. In Isaiah chapter 6, it uh, starts off in verse 1. You know, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw God high and lifted up. His train filled the, te- uh, filled the temple. And, and it's this picture where Isaiah gets to, to see God in his majesty. And his voice shook the, the doorpost. And, and Isaiah was captivated by this picture of God and his majesty sitting on the throne. And he says, here I am, a man of unclean lips. But yet God was using him as his mouthpiece, as his prophet, to deliver his word. Isaiah saw himself as a, as a person who, was, um, who wasn't worthy. Here I am, a man with unclean lips. But yet God was using him to deliver his word. God was using those those that unclean mouth of his to deliver his word to his people. Isaiah wasn't worthy. I'm not worthy. You're not worthy. The lie is that we need to be. 
Now, Paul did say in, in one of his letters to walk worthy of the vocation that you're called in. What he's saying is, listen, we're never worthy of God's blessing or his love or to be a part of his work. But God uses us in spite of that. But do your best to live according to what God has called you to do. Yes, we're not worthy, but we cannot use that as a reason to go live in a way that is just inconsistent with being a follower of Christ. Sometimes we listen to Satan, but not only that, we listen to our own selfish voice as Satan is cheering us on to be selfish, right? Because sometimes we're selfish and we're like, you know, I just can't do this. I'm not strong enough. Uh, I've seen, I've even heard people use that as an excuse not even to come to church. You don't understand, you know, and, and these things have happened and these things have happened in, in the church. And listen, I know because the church is full of people that are just that, that we're all fallen, but we're loved by God, but we're all going to make mistakes. But it, it's it's amazing how sometimes people will will, you know, they, they'll just lay down and say that I can't do this. I just can't do it. Well, the Bible says you can, if you want to. The lie here that you know the Satan's saying you can't, and 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 you've bought into it. And you're saying I just can't do this. No, what you're really saying is I don't want to. I don't have a strong enough desire. I'd rather lay down and use a lame excuse than I would to actually pick myself up and do that which is God has called me to do. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, understand that verse. we got to make sure we take that in context. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me when I am following his will. Right? That is, that is an assumed part of that scripture, especially when you see what the Philippian church was doing and how they were sacrificing for the spreading of the gospel. And so they were, they were trying their best to live close to the cross and spread the gospel and support Paul in his missionary journeys. Uh, and and he, Paul tells him, listen, you know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Keep on the firing line. You keep doing what you're doing. You keep, you know, you, you keep working for the Lord, and he will give you the strength. When you run out, he has enough to, 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 to help you and to be strong where you're not. But it does require a desire to do so. And so Satan, you know, when we start to get a, 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 um, we start to get selfish and we, you know, we start complaining and we become, you know, whiny and all that. We're sitting there, you know, I just I just don't have enough strength. I can't do it. And Satan's, yeah, you know, you, you know that you can't and you really shouldn't even try because, you know, you've been through a lot and, you know, and, and God understands and God understands you're laying down. God understands is that you don't want to do it because he's already promised in his word that he will be the strength when we have none. But not for you to lay there. Not for you to say, I can't. He'll be the strength for you when you're willing to say, I will. And then God will give you that strength just when you need it. The fact is that the devil's a liar. And the reason we need to be in his word is because it is God who defines truth. And he says that we were worth dying for. He says that he loves us. And so when the devil comes to us with these lies and he tries to fill us with his junk, 
We need to go to the Word and see what the Word says, because Satan will try to tell you you can't, but yet the Scripture clearly says you can. Satan tries to get you to think that you're not worthy. The Scripture shows us already that you're not worthy, but don't worry about that because I'm going to use you anyway. I think about uh, in Jeremiah where he said, I know the thoughts that I have for you, thoughts of success. I believe it's Jeremiah 29. Right? Even while Israel was being punished and disciplined uh, after you know because of chasing after false gods and stuff, even in the middle of their discipline and being carried off into captivity, God tells them, I love you, and I know the thoughts I have for you. And this, you know what? You may be in a time of discipline, but it's not over. My, my, you, you are still in my heart, and I still love you, and you're still a part of my family. You, but you're like a son that I have to chastise, and even though you're in the middle of chastisement, don't think for a minute that I'm still not going to use you in a mighty way. I am going to use you. I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of success, thoughts of great things. You haven't outsend my love. That's what he says to us. The devil's a liar, and he's the father of lies. And it is him that is trying to tell you that you can't do it. It is him trying to tell you that you're not worthy and that God's not going to use you because of your own worthiness. When the scripture says, yep, I know that you're not worthy, but I love you anyway. And I'm still going to use you. The Bible's full of people who have screwed up, and God still used them for great things. The Satan's trying to tell you he doesn't love you. That God doesn't love you. But yet God has clearly shown that he does. So let's remember, folks, the devil is a liar. And he's the father of lies. But the only way I'm going to combat those lies is to go to God's word. Paul said, think on these things, these things which are lovely, these things which are right. The only way I'm going to be able to combat the lies of the devil is to know the truth. And the truth is found in the scripture. So listen, when we're, we're, when we're being defeated, and those times that I've walked in defeat are the times where I did not want to crack the book open and get serious about having victory over the liar. Let's go to God's word. Let's fill our mind with the truth so that when the lies come, we know the difference between what's being told to us in a lie and what God truly says. Because Satan will come with Scripture. We see him do it against Christ and the temptation of Christ. He'll take that Scripture and he'll twist it around. He'll take the words of God and he'll manipulate it. The only way we know the difference is is to look at the true word of God. I want to pray for you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. And Lord, we just thank you for this time in your word. Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that it is you who defines truth. That it is you, Lord, who loves us. And Lord, so often we'll, we'll let ourselves get sidelined and sidetracked and tripped up because the, the, the devil is a liar and he comes to us and he's so sneaky. And Lord, I, I can't look at other people and say that they're the ones that are falling because I've done it too. But God, we know that you love us. 
And so, Father, I help you. I ask you, Lord, to help us. Lord, help us to, uh, Lord, to have a hunger for your word. Father, I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be hungry to know you and to know your word. Help us to know, Father, and be able to uh, be able to decipher and try those spirits to know whether they're of you or not. Help us, Father, Lord, to recognize the lies and throw them out and cling to your truth and your word. Lord, we love you. And we pray these things, Lord, in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.